I just hope the bus don't break down again, Danny. Think we got her fixed this time, Emma. We're brothers of the road. We've lost all our control. And we won't hang it up for anyone. We'll keep right on going. The wind just won't stop blowing this old silver-sided bus on through the night. Everybody, the brothers of the road. Where are we at, Brother Cole? Oh, well, the brothers of the road are on the road, heading to Texas to do some shows, and we want to take a minute to tell you about the road that took us to Nashville, Tennessee. We're going down the road right now doing roughly 75 miles an hour. We are in a moving van recording this podcast. Yeah, we are. We're on our way down to Tejas, Texas. Uh, to meet up with Craig Morgan on the rest of the God Family Country Tour. We're playing Houston, Texas tomorrow night. At Dan Electro's, which will actually be tonight when you're listening to this, if you're listening to it the yep. day it comes out. That's true. That's true. Wednesday, October 11th. And when, and Thursday, October 12th, we're in Tyler, Texas. And Saturday, yeah, October 14th, we are at the White Horse in Austin, Texas at 10 p.m., and October 15th, we're in Orange, Texas with Craig Morgan oh, again. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're excited to be on the road. We're excited, to, we're excited to be doing the podcast in the car. This is a first. Moving. We've got our chauffeur slash cousin slash management. Say hello there, Scott. How y'all doing? Oh, Scott. Scotty's a little special, special little uh, co-host yes. guest here today. We may be throwing the mic in his face. Yeah, he doesn't have a mic. He doesn't have a mic. We, we, need didn't, to get have him extra, the, we didn't have extra earphones for him. There's we only need to get him a mic like, that, like, like Don Henley had in the Eagles that kind of just went over his drum set and hung in his face. Oh, yeah. Sure. Or, yeah, or a little lavalier or a headset mic yeah. like Garth Brooks. Oh. That'd be neat. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, today today is the episode on the rest of the story in Nashville. Our last, our last episode was about what, how we got basically to nashville and how we ended up moving to nashville so we're going to finish the story today because last episode we didn't make it to nashville no we didn't scotty had just left us in the middle of the desert that was part one part one that was part one but you know what they say there's two sides to every story so we had to make a part two yeah and and finish that thing off and and give you the other side we're gonna do it tonight today whatever it is before we do it call who we thinking can i I wish you would. Well, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Tough Coat in Mintonville, Arkansas. With over 20 years of experience, they continue to keep a total commitment to customer satisfaction. Tough Coat's the only place to go if you want your spray-in bed liner, your custom tumbler cups, or waterproofing. Go visit toughcoatbentonville.com. That's www.tuffcoatbentonville.com or call 479 479- Seven one five six zero three nine, and schedule your appointment because you're not going to get any more honest, trustworthy, great people to do your business with. Go down there, get your spray and bed liner, your custom tumbler cups, and your waterproof, and give them a call. Tell them the Reeves brothers love them when you do, and tell them that we sent you. Y'all, before we get into this too, we want to remind you: make sure you go over and you follow our Patreon. Uh, it is Patreon.com/slash. Is it the Reeves Bros? I think it's the Reeves Brothers. It may be the Reeves Brothers. Try one of those. It'll be us. Uh, If you don't want to go over there, financially support us. What you can do is leave us a review 
wherever you listen to these podcasts. If you're on Spotify or if you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, make sure to drop us a review because it helps us so much. Uh, and share it with your friends. If you like the crazy stories and the craziness, like the Reeves Brothers doing a live podcast at 75 miles an hour down a road, come on. Share it yeah. with your friends. Could, could you give us just a little honk for that, Scott? Cole just he's... Cole just put the microphone up to the steering wheel like that's where the noise came from, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Wait, oh. actually, yeah, we'll roll the window down. Give us a honk. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> All right, well, well, well that now, that chilled my microphone down. Wow. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. oh, okay. Well, on that note, cue the music. You're listening to Brothers of the Road. Our whole life, people have felt like there was something intriguing about our normal. Well, we're here to tell you what our normal is. Life, love, country music, and two brothers traveling on the road together year-round while sharing an airstream together just outside of Nashville. Sit back and enjoy the ride as we take you on a journey throughout the country with the stories from yours truly. The The Brothers Brothers of of the Road. road. All right, y'all. Scotty just left us in Phoenix, Arizona, and we just left an entire PA and drum set at our friend Steve and Cherie's house. Things are crazy. We're going to go back to Arkansas because we got to drop Kevin Skirla back off so he can go back to Texas. I want to say something. That trip, we because Scott was in a Jeep and we were in a, cattle, a little uh, Cadillac DeVille or whatever it was. I think it's a DeVille. It was it's a DeVille. DeVille. It's a DeVille. Uh, I spent quite a bit of time in Scott's Jeep and that he had rented between between Kevin Kelly and I we split off a lot on going in Scott's Jeep and hanging out with Scott and uh, yeah, they all wanted to ride in that Jeep Wrangler upgraded it was upgraded and it had nice AC yeah the nice Caddy didn't have no AC heat whatever it was it was kind of cold was it cold at that yeah it was kind of cold at that time because I had a jacket in Phoenix uh so anyway, it had heating and AC, and I remember being pretty happy about that. So, we got a we would go in there, and it had been a it had been a long time since we had spent a lot of time around Scott, uh, as we talked about in the last episode. Scotty, what were you doing? What was I doing? Yeah, what were you doing? Oh, I was filming you. I was having a I was no. A, I mean, but what were you doing that whole time we didn't see you? The ten years we didn't oh, see ten, you. Oh, what were you up to? We the the decade that we didn't know oh, you. Oh, that decade that we passed. call those the lost you know years. The, the lost year. That that entire decade that I, we weren't together and that yes. we hadn't communicated. I was I was anticipating the day that we were going to reconnect. That whole time uh, it was on your mind, huh? Uh huh. I could on the job. set of General Hospital. That's yeah, all you were thinking about. Decade. That would have been, wow. I yeah, I guess I did. I did General Hospital during that time. Yeah, you did. I uh, I was writing songs. Yeah, you wrote a number one hit. Doing some movies. Oh, you did uh, some movies. I was doing a little acting and doing a little songwriting and singing, yeah. and uh, and just. You were also managing a, a band, weren't you? I was managing on a, television. I, 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 no, I yeah, I man, I was on Nashville, the TV show. I managed the uh, X's. Uh, oh. <clears throat> which were made up of Scarlett and Gunner, who oh. were uh, two uh, two romantic uh, two romantic uh, entities, oh. persons, so uh, individuals. That's so sensual. And, uh, yeah, I know. And uh, so I oh. was counseling it, counseling them for a while, and then uh, <clears throat> I also managed a b- another band. I did. I, I kind of played play manager and real manager. 
Was that was that band happened to be called Brassfield Alley? That brand was that band was Brassfield Alley uh, from um, so I guess I was those years were spent prepping for the the Reeves brothers years the trials uh, and tribulations of the Reeves brothers yeah the, the you know uh, or as Winona Judd calls it the the Wild West Circus yes the Wild West Circus I was prepping uh, the, that decade was spent prepping for the TR the the TRC gets back together uh, to facilitate and expedite the career of the TRB. Yes. And uh, so, you know, it was just, it was a lot of prep, prep. It was, it was a lot of prep work. And uh, I feel it like was. I had gotten myself to the point where I was, I was confident. I was ready uh, to, to make some moves. To take on, and, to and take on a new role. And to take, yeah. I, I knew what was yeah. about to happen. Oh, yeah, you did. It was big. Reputations were going on the line. Oh, oh yes. Reputations were on the line. Yeah. Yeah, they are. So, uh, yeah, I knew that, uh, you know, when when we did finally, uh, you know, connect again and uh, and, and and plan this uh, this uh, crazy this crazy adventure, that a lot was at stake. So, I, you know, it took about ten years to get ready for about three thousand six hundred and fifty days to be kind of precise. Three, uh, yeah, about yep. three thousand yep. six hundred and fifty no, right. days. And uh, a lot of coffee was involved. Oh and, uh, yeah. Which, which, those of you guys that don't know, uh, Scott also. Uh, you guys are gonna think it's crazy because this guy never stops. He also owned him and his wife owned their own coffee roastery yeah, company uh, called Revival Roasting Company that he actually recently shut down because things have been getting so hectic out on the road that uh, he's kept his roaster. Because uh, he's he just roasting for himself. He's though. roasting for himself and because and close friends. Because he doesn't have time to do the roasting. To continue the with with the hectic schedule. Where the ain't of roasting no and time music. for the roasting. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's. I mean, that's. We yeah. couldn't have uh, wished for anything more. Uh, you know, than to than to be too busy to do other things. Yes. And uh, one of one of which was roasting. Yeah. yeah. So we did we did shut down the. Uh, the public side of the roasting business, as Matt said, I kept the roaster, and uh, the roaster has been kept. The roaster it's was kept. kept, and God willing, the roaster will never go away. God, you know, no, it won't. You know, if we, if, it ain't going. It ever, ain't going nowhere, yo. Well, if we ever get to the point where we need to feed ourselves out on the road, I might have to. I might have oh. to sell it. Yeah, we're gonna get to the point on the road where we're gonna expand the roaster and make it big. Get a bigger one. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And, Big roaster. And, and because we're going to have to supply the tour bus that's on the way. Yeah. With with you know, uh, Java. Th- third wave Java. Third uh, wave Java. I mean, we already in a, in a in a smaller sense we are in we are uh, transporting uh, Java we're, over state moment, lines right oh, now. We're huh? kind of like Smokey and the Bandit at the yeah, moment. Yeah, we're smuggling we're smuggling about fifteen pounds. Of high grade Java, Colombian Bam Bam. Uh, That's yeah, what we like to call it down in Tennessee. Colombian Bam Bam, but this Ethiopian Bam Bam. This happens to be a Kenyan Bam Bam. Oh, a little Kenyan uh, Bam Bam. Yeah, yeah this, baby. This is Kenyan Bam Bam. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and and uh, uh, it's uh, we're we're smuggling this over to uh, Kevin Skurla <sighs> to an island. Uh, to 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 yeah to an island. The island. The island. The island. Uh, because they they have been. Their 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 Java source has been pretty scarce apparently That's for the true. past few months, and they're, it's true. and they're and they're and they're jonesing they're, uh, for some uh, Kenyan Bam Bam. Yeah. So uh, they're jonesing for a revival. To, yeah, we're about to we're about to uh, restock. Uh, yeah. Wolf Island. 
All right. And you folks will be meeting Kevin uh, sooner than later. He'll be on one of these episodes. But while we were in so Phoenix, Cole, Cole, I'm, Cole and Kevin and Kelly, they've all hopped in at various times with Scotty in this yeah, Jeep Wrangler. Separate times. We've yep. jumped in, and, we, and we've caught up with Scott. We've, we've talked. And while we're on there, I got on songwriting with Scott because at yep. that time I was really – uh, really dedicated to doing a lot of songwriting, and I was wanting to get in the niche of that, pretty in a in a much bigger way. Uh, and I didn't know what that was even like, because, uh, like I told Scott at the time, you know, I write songs in my bedroom and on my back porch. I don't, you know, what what are they? How does it happen? So he kind of was talking. I I don't know that I had ever co-written a song other than co-writing with a friend of mine, Sean Oler and Kevin Skirla on a couple of different things but other than that i had never co-written a song before and uh so i started playing him a lot of stuff there in the car and he was playing me some some really cool singer songwriter stuff from uh from a guy named bobby pinson roberto pinson and uh which i thought uh was insane i was like whoa i i'd never heard it and uh Bobby, if you haven't heard bobby pinson he's a great songwriter and uh yeah, so he started playing me that record, and I was playing him stuff I had written, and he started playing stuff he had written, and started talking. He goes, would you guys, you know, would you guys ever be interested in coming to Nashville and doing some songwriting, which I was ecstatic about. And uh, that's kind of how, that's how the seed was planted on coming to Nashville. And then then we got we got back home, and, and it was we, like really shortly. We set a date we, that we were going to Nashville. And then one morning. Yeah, that's right. We had I, a date. We had a date. And one morning, I get a random email. I'm laying in bed, and I open my phone. I have an email from a gentleman named Dan Auerbach. Uh, and if you don't know Dan Auerbach, he is the lead singer of the Black Keys. And so uh, his... He owns a record label called Easy Eye Sound, and they had they. We later on found that they had found us randomly by a YouTube video, like a YouTube video that it had eight hundred plays. So people it came up if, like a suggested yeah, video. Yeah, and Dan watched it, and he 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 loved it, and so he uh, he had I can't what is that guy's name Tom. He had a guy named Tom Osborne reach out to us. Tom runs Easy Eye Sound. And so Tom reached out to us, and he was like, hey, Dan uh, would like to talk to you all a little further about some just different stuff and and uh, and see kind of where your interests lie and, and things like that. And I told myself, well, we're actually coming to Nashville in about a week and a half. And... And so, at the time, I didn't have any idea who Dan Auerbach or the Black Keys were because well, we don't listen to that kind of music. We don't listen to that kind of music. Uh, nor had I. I, yeah. I wasn't aware. And st- I actually still haven't listened to any of the Black Keys because I made it a point not to listen to the Black Keys before our meeting because I didn't want to go in as knowing he was a somebody Yeah. And, and having that connection. I thought, oh, I'll just go on where we're on evil, where we're on even playing fields here where we can sit and talk like, two people yeah so the date the the date was made and i called up scotty and i was like hey this guy wants us to uh, come down and have a little meeting with him so we did and and what 
what was it actually wasn't really a meeting it was more just about a three or four hour hang and listen to country music with dan Auerbach. which people that uh that don't know dan or do know dan like dan is is actually a huge classic country fan and we sat there for about three or four hours and just geeked out on uh the hensons gene watson yeah uh, everybody in country music everything like like old, like California country rock stuff. To he, had a, he had a little Macintosh receiver uh, yeah. for his for his record player. Easy Eye Sound was amazing. It was amazing. And, and, and then uh, I, I also remember kind of oddly me going outside to smoke a cigarette. Yeah. And Dan standing up and taking a picture of me. Like not thinking <laughs> I knew it was going on. Well, Dan, now you know. Cool you know, I, I'm I'm out for you, Dan. I know what you were doing there, buddy. He knows. Anyway, I hope Dan enjoyed that picture. Maybe it's a screensaver now. Maybe. I hope it is. I, you know what, Dan? I hope I'm your screensaver. Cole wants to be your screensaver, Danny. Make, make me your screensaver. Anyway, that Anyways, was, it was yeah. fun. It was just a good hang. Uh, nothing really ended up coming of it, but we got to hang with Dan, and yeah. that was nice meeting him. Uh, the first night that we got there to Nashville, though, prior to that hang, we told our cousin Scott uh, – we were talking just about everything we were going to do that week in the meeting, and obviously you're excited when you're, you know, you come from a little town of Brump, Nevada, and nothing really been happening. Uh, we were excited, and we told Scott about this, and, and we were talking about songwriters, and we told him, oh, man, we grew up with this guy named Aaron Barker. Scott was like, well, I know Aaron Barker. Which at that time I remember having a real issue connecting the dots. Like, how in the world does Scott know somebody that we listened to their music to growing up? Yeah. Like, n- not because, uh, I mean, Aaron was an underground solo artist. Oh, yeah. But I wasn't connecting the, the dots that, it, I mean, I knew he was a massive, I didn't realize how small Nashville was. If you're not from Nashville and you're not in the music community and scene, you think it's pretty big. When you get into the music scene of Nashville, it's actually a pretty small it, it's a pretty yeah. tight-knit community. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Uh, Scott had done some ride-arounds with Aaron, and Aaron was one of Matt and I's heroes. And yeah. we're like, well, we, do you think we can meet him? Scott was like, well, I don't, I don't know. He's like, he's invited like, me, me call to his house. Him. He's like, I'll call him. Yeah. <laughs> to, like, build a fence or something. Wasn't he like, come over, we'll paint a fence or something. And then Scotty was like, well, I'll call him and see. And so, remember, we had to call Teresa. We ended up, Aaron Barker's a hard guy to directly get in with. Like, you have to call his wife. And so, we called up Teresa. Well, unless and Teresa, he loves you. Then he'll be texting you about Bluebell ice cream. And yeah. And so, we call, you called up Teresa, and she was just like, well, I don't know. She's like, this was also kind of the COVID thing. It wasn't at its peak, but it was still, it was still like a COVID world. He hadn't been around anybody, remember? Uh, but he was uh, recovering from a, a heart attack, yeah. heart sur- open heart surgery. That as well. Yeah. Time. And, and uh, like you said, Cole, the songwriter community is, or the community, Nashville in general is very small. It's much smaller than people realize. And I didn't realize, you know, I knew Aaron on a f- friend level. And I knew he was a gr- just a great songwriter. He had written a ton of hits. But it, but when I met him, I was totally unaware of you know 
what he had accomplished in country music. And when the boys said, oh, my gosh, Aaron's a like a hero of ours, I thought, well, I mean, Aaron's, Aaron's just a butt. I mean, he's my buddy. He's Which we I, should tell because we haven't – this is what Kim's always telling us about. For you folks out there listening that don't know, Aaron Barker – Wrote Love Without End, Amen for George Strait. He wrote Baby Blue for George Strait. He easy brought come, a, easy go. Easy come, easy go. I can still make Cheyenne. Yeah. Uh, Not enough hours in the night for Doug Supernaw. He wrote uh, the Big Lone Star hit, What About Now? Yeah, What About Now? So he's a massive, massive yeah. number one hit writer. Back in, uh, oh gosh, 03, 04, 05. 03 is when I met him. And then we, you know, were, we all went to country. In the, they used to do this thing called Country in the Rockies where artists and songwriters, they'd bring us out there. Uh, T.J. Martell Foundation would bring us out there to go skin and play shows and raise money for cancer research. And that's and the first one is when I really got to know Aaron in 03. And uh, so we just got to be fast friends. And uh, ironically, he, he kind of knew who I was from the television world. And for years, he had been trying to get me to come out to his place and man you come out and let's write and uh i didn't realize what a big deal that was at the time and i said yeah man i mean i was all about it i just didn't jump on it and i was like yeah you know i i got some other stuff going on and he said you know you can come out there and kind of what he did with the boys it's like you, you you might write a song or you might paint a fence and uh just hang out get to know each other and uh, which is what we wound up doing that day. Yeah. I mean, you know, for, and it wasn't just like a couple hours. No, we were there for, we were the Eight. first, when we showed up at Aaron's house, he said, I haven't seen anybody for like a year and a half. He's like, you guys are the first people I've seen that I wasn't family members of mine. He said, I got, I got a lot of words pent up inside of me to say. Because he hadn't talked to anybody. Because he hadn't talked to anybody. And, and he we, did. And I, we sat there we like sat nine there hours. In awe. Yeah. And just um, all his incredible story. I mean, it's not every day that you get to sit down with a with any legend of anything, especially. I mean, if you're into if you're into race car driving, it's like sitting down with Richard Petty. You know, if you're into baseball, it's like sitting down with a Brooks Robinson. Yeah, Lou Gehrig, hearing stories from him. Yeah, you know, it's a pretty big deal. It's like sitting with Michael Jordan if you're a basketball fan. You're sitting with a legend that you uh, that you grew up hearing about and in our case you know listening to his solo career and he's telling you all these stories i could have stayed the night i could have stayed up around well, the clock. we almost did i and i chain smoked marlboro red cigarettes because it was back when aaron and i both smoked at that time oh and i also well cole and i both did but we, we got to play aaron owns the guitar it's an old wildwood fender acoustic that eddie rabbit wrote i love a rainy night on he probably wrote more than that on there, and we got to play that. Yeah, and then after, after I mean, after, it was more, it was as much fun for me to watch the boys and inhale secondhand smoke, <laughs> and inhale secondhand smoke like for eight or nine hours straight yeah. of chain smoking, and uh, and 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 Aaron's like, oh no, smoke inside. So we were sitting on a couch up in his office. Yeah, we like were. A, we were in a. Cl- it was like Cheech and Chong, but cigarettes, <laughs> and so we were in a cloud of smoke for like nine hours, and I just had more fun watching Aaron tell stories to you guys and you guys just engaging with him because i knew that aaron was one of your heroes and um and we stayed so long that 
he said, you know what? You boys want to stay for dinner? And we ate wife, dinner. His wife cooked dinner for Teresa us. Teresa made us dinner. We I stayed mean, so long that when I left, I went in there as Aaron Barker is a hero, and I left, and I was like, this man is a friend of mine. We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Tough Coat, in Bentonville, Arkansas. With over 20 years of experience, they continue to keep a total commitment to customer satisfaction. Tough Coat is the only place to go for your spray and bed liner, custom tumbler cups, and waterproofing. Go visit toughcoatbentonville.com or call 479-715-6039 and schedule your appointment today. Tell them the Reeves brothers sent you. And since and since and he, he is has a friend of ours, a friend, yeah, a good friend of ours, yeah, a good and friend. I left as a chain smoker too, <laughs> and and now Scott, we're trying That's to a, get him off cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, oh. his lungs are black. No, actually, Scott has worked his magic on on I, and it uh, must have worked on Aaron too, and Aaron because <laughs> Aaron, we both Aaron, quit smoking. Aaron, yeah, he quit. Uh, but that was a while, right? Before we went to Aaron's, though, that same trip, we our did our first songwriting, very Nashville. first songwriting. Uh, and it was with a with an incredibly talented legend in her own right named Leslie Satcher. Yeah. Uh, and she wrote, I mean, a staple of George Strait's uh, big hits called Troubadour. Yeah. Uh, it's and, what he like closes every show with. Oh yeah. Well, it's a, it's a show closer. As a matter of fact, I th- uh, Leslie told us one time. She said, "I'm good at writing show openers." And show closers. Yeah. And she is. She either gets you pumped up or she can take you down like, I mean, make that legendary song that kind of tells a story about George Strait. I don't know. It's like turned him into a, it's like the rhinestone cowboy for Glenn Campbell. You Leslie know? Satcher, if you go to her BMI page, you can go, you can go to, to uh, BMI and look up songwriters' catalogs on there. And Leslie Satcher has the biggest catalog of songs I have ever seen. And I and I I Google song you know catalogs of people. And I've because we've written with Steve Dane, which we'll talk about Steve as well. Steve has a massive catalog as well. well that's because everybody and their mothers want to write with them. Yeah, but and the Warren Brothers have a massive catalog, but there is nobody that comes close. I've looked up Dean Dillon. Nobody comes close to Leslie Satcher. She's got like 2,400 registered songs on BMI. That It's an astronomical amount of songs. Wow. It's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, I know one thing. We were on our way. She called I, us. She called us, yeah. And I was called nervous. I had, I had my little notebook. I, went, I stopped at Dollar General. I got a notebook and some pens, and I wrote all well, my ideas. Well, if you remember, ideas. we thought we – thought the Dan Auerbach thing was going to be us writing, and we were like, my God, we don't even know what to do. We better stop and get a notepad and some pens. Yeah, that was kind of, <laughs> that was kind of embarrassing. Because yeah. it's like, do we bring the notepads and our guitar in now? Y'all, you don't understand that Dan Auerbach, when we got there, he had like six Grammy Awards sitting up on a refrigerator. That, that the producer we, of the year. And we, and we walked in with our two little notebooks. And, and our, our guitars. Two, and our guitars and, and our two little pretty pants. Much, it's like, you can leave these here yeah. at the control room. And he took us back to the kitchen, and we never picked up the guitar again. Because yeah. I thought, well, we're going to get together and, and knock out a song here. And uh, Instead, it, that would come the next day yeah, with Leslie. So, yeah, that was an exp- kind of an embarrassing experience. Yeah. Uh, showing up with your notepads like your little kids going into the first grade and not getting to, you know, when you buy a a new pen and a notepad, you you want to use use it. it. You do. You do. 
you want to get that notepad out and you want to write a song. And I had all my ideas written down that I had had in my phone for like two years. I mean, like I had alphabetical order, good idea to bad idea, organize these things waiting and nothing happened. Well, then on the way to Leslie's uh, office, which was called uh, the old old music bank. Yeah, the music bank. The old bank music. Uh, we get a call from Leslie, and she goes, you boys need to hurry up because I got a song started that you're going to love. And uh, when I, I always make the joke that we, we rushed and we got there just in time to put our name on it. Uh, but when we got there, she had the course written, maybe, yeah. or the verse. And uh, we started writing on it from there. It was a thing called Honky Tonk Your Way Through a Heartache. And uh, it was a really cool song. You know, you know who I could hear? Well, I can hear us doing it, but you know who I can also hear doing it? It's Travis Tritt. Yeah. It's got a Travis Tritt uh, feel to it, you know. Honky tonk your way through a heartache. Maybe, you know, maybe that's the song that's going to bring Travis and Marty Sturt together on a duet again. Marty. Marty. T-Rav. Come T-Rav. on, boys. Come on. The whiskey. The whiskey ain't working anymore. It's time to honky tonk your way through a heartache. Amen. Uh so, anyways, yeah, that was that was actually. We wrote three songs that day. We did. We wrote that, and then I had came Cole, with an Cole idea. Cole got to use his notepad. <laughs> I which, had came with. Wait, Leslie said always write your stuff in a in a notepad. Why did she say that, Cole? So you can have everybody sign it at the end of the songwriting yeah. session in case it ever takes off and they want to put it in the Country Music Hall of Fame. That's what she said. And uh, I've been I've done a poor job at that. Yeah. yeah uh, well, well, haven't we all? <laughs> so you can always go back and rewrite it on paper and then go make your rounds and have everybody autograph it at some point. Maybe. That's, that's what Scott's Made in America uh, poster is going to look like in the Country Music Hall of Fame when they do the Toby Keith exhibit because you know they're going to. Soon. Uh, and that's Toby Keith's last number one hit. You might be yep. going to a ceremony, Scott. Are you going to go if they invite you? Oh, heck yeah. I mean, I'm going to have to have a couple guests. The, uh, Who are those guests going to be? Well, um... You know, the Reeves brothers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now you know what? We're invited to an un, uh, to a non-existent event at the Country Music Hall of Fame, and we'd like to invite all our friends of this podcast right here to that event yeah. when that happens. Yeah, if you're in town, make your way down. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's November uh, 32nd. Uh, anyway. The that, Leslie meeting was amazing. It was amazing. Because Leslie's the same. Like, Leslie has all of her... All of these trophies and gold records and BMI awards and platinum records. And you see Martina McBride and Shania Twain and Winona Judd and all these people's platinum records that she's had cuts with. And it was, it really was an amazing experience. She's unique in the way, too, that I mean, oh, she yeah. is so fast. She's a super fast. Yeah, I haven't, I've never written a song with anybody like she's like, she just like is a machine. We experienced. Every songwriter that week. Yeah, like every did. kind of songwriter. Ones you didn't want to write songs with anymore? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we won't get into names on that, <laughs> no. but but that was one of them. We, we, yeah. we ended up writing our last write. It was, it was actually a heck of a way to end the trip because our last write was about a seven-hour write on the worst song that's possibly ever been written. And the most difficult song to just yeah. write. It was just difficult to write it. Yeah. Not not that not that the person we wrote it was with is a bad songwriter. Oh no, he's a he's legend. Written, he's he's written massive giant, hits, massive hits. Yeah, 
but you know sometimes you just you don't click with somebody gel with people you know you find you have to write with lots of people to figure out who you can't write with and, I, and honestly not every day's a writing day no some days are you know and that's what i learned or aaron, sitting up in aaron barker's uh aaron, condo studio chain smoking and talking aaron told aaron the last ride around we did and uh aaron and i were talking and he said you know cole i wasn't good at this but some one of you guys need to become good at saying i don't think it's working today why don't we go get lunch and do a, do a ride another time because he said some days he said dean Dillon was the best person of that in the world he'd just say ah we ain't gonna get nothing today want to come with me while i get my car registered and he said he'd hang out with you but he knew you know you can sit down in a room for 10 minutes and tell well man nothing's coming together on those really good days you sit down it's like you start talking and what do you want to write about i was thinking about this and the next thing you know oh okay what about this and you've got a start of your verse or a course or something coincidentally that actually did just happen to cole and i that we were uh doing a song right with a buddy of ours sam banks and we drove about an hour and a half over to lebanon tennessee with sam and we got over there and we were talking and, and we were Aaron talking thing started it hit me yeah and it was just like finally we were just like sam let's go to whataburger and just eat because today ain't a writing day and Sam was like, man, I just feel bad. And it's like, well, don't feel bad because it's better to just say that than I'd sit here. I'd rather go eat than sit here three hours and, have and a, not write. Yeah, yeah, have a seven-hour writing session and a song and we're not going to like. Sam's a phenomenal writer. He's got a song. Well, he's got a hundred songs that I love. I love going watching him and Will Jones and hanging out. And uh, But he's got a song called Ask Him. Oh, it's an excellent uh, that song. Craig, that Craig Morgan recorded, and it's just an amazing song. I think he wrote it with Will Nance. Yeah. Uh, and maybe one other person, but it's it's a phenomenal song. So I really uh, I look up to uh, to Sam as a great writer, and uh, but that that day we just I it mean, was a Whataburger day. It was a Whataburger day, and I and I told we Sam ate, we want to get together with you again. Yeah, we ate the burger, uh, and then we ended up hiring Sam to play guitar for us that night. Sam came and played guitar with us that night, and that was great too. So. He, he got a burger and a gig that day. Yeah, there we go. That's good. So, so. then. Uh, we wrote. We did get to write with a guy that we have uh, turned out. We love him to death, uh, and he's from down there in the Muscle Shoals, Florence, Alabama. Oh, come on, uh, Mark Narmore. That was uh, that was probably our second write. Uh, and we right wrote on Music with him in Nashville. Row. It was on, right on Music Row. And since we've discovered that he has a pergola, and an old pergola. An awesome riding uh, environment down in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. So we like to go down there, and we like to get. We no longer write with Mark Narmore in the Nashville area. No, we, we make go our journey. We go, we go to him. We go to him because it's so nice and beautiful down there. It is. It's right on the Tennessee uh, River. And right Mark is just a, Cypress a, Moon a pleasure to write with. He is. Uh, yeah, and that write started out. You know, we started working on a song that kind of fell apart. It kind of beca- it was a really serious song, and it kind of became a joke. And it was like, oh, okay, we're going down the, the wrong maybe, path. With maybe this we one. need to maybe we need to switch gears and find something else to write about. And uh, Matt and Scott are both uh, born in Southern California, and they love the Eagles. And started talking, and uh, and uh, uh, Mark had actually had the song idea title. He already had that uh, yeah. burning down that Seven Bridges Road. He said, man, I just think that'd be cool to write a song called Burning Down That Seven Bridges Road. Like, I'm burning down. I'm leaving. And uh, and we all started writing that. 
And I can remember uh, getting up during that song, right? We'd be at a spot where we couldn't think of something. We were kind of, you know, not tipping the hat to the Eagles and using different song titles and stuff and uh, some creative public domain on it. And we, I would get out and write a, uh, to smoke a cigarette, and I'd go outside, and I'm just sitting there thinking, you know, oh, I got to have, I can't go back out in with, without something to, to bring to the table here. I got to have a good idea. And uh, that was that was a cool experience, and it was right next to to the Glazer Brothers Studio. Yeah, uh, where where we they were. recorded wanted the Outlaws yeah. by Waylon. It was like uh, Hillbilly something, Hillbilly Central. We should yeah, know Hillbilly that Hillbilly Central. But uh, but that yeah, was an amazing ride too. It, and it wasn't long after that Scott started calling. Hey, can you guys can you guys come back next weekend? You know, or two weeks from now, I need you guys to come up, and we're going to do a couple of riders rounds, and and we're going to ride. With 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 whoever you know, he wrote Steve Dean, who's a fellow uh, Arkansas brother. Uh, Steve actually lost his dad a couple of weeks ago, and I hated to hear that. I think September third, his dad passed away, uh, and I just or wait October third, and uh, so yeah, we hated to hear that because Steve is a fellow Arkansas native, and Steve's uh, a good friend. Grew, we love Steve. Grew up in Little Rock and an incredible songwriter. He Steve wrote, came to our very first Nashville show. Too. Do you remember when we did the uh, yeah. showcase with he Leslie he, and Scott? Yeah, he came. He came to our. Him and his wife came out and supported yeah. it and uh, and hung out. But Steve wrote "Hearts Aren't Made to Break" by uh, Lee Greenwood. He wrote "Oh Southern Star" uh, by Alabama. He wrote "Watching You" by Rodney Atkins. Roundabout Way for George Strait. Uh, he's an incredible writer and, and an even yeah. better person and just a and pleasure to be around. out of everything, he has magnificent hair. Oh, he does. He's got that rock and roll like <laughs> he does. rock and roll hair. Uh, and he had a duo back in, back in the day, too, yeah. that was successful. So Steve is, uh, Steve is just – everybody took us in off of Scott's reputation and how much they love Scott and how good he's been and helping he's been to everybody that he can be. And kind of took a chance on us, and uh, and, and they allowed, they welcomed us in their circle, and we've got to do ride arounds with Leslie Satcher, uh, Aaron Barker, uh, Scott. We've uh, and our Scott's daughter Emily's an incredible songwriter that we've gotten to do ride arounds with. So we've gotten to be uh, just Emily's actually to this day like one of my top songwrites that i had more fun with our cousin emily we did have fun we had an amazing songwriter we didn't even finish the song it was almost done there's only about three lines that need to be written i'll say this it didn't hurt that when you're writing with scott and emily scott's wife our other cousin missy yeah she brings those treats out she did bring the treats she she, brings, did. she, she, brings, she like sets up a nice little like salsa. she had like salsa and chips and she <laughs> had like she had like macadamia nuts and, uh-huh. and chocolate covered almonds. Yeah, but and, what about that salsa? Yeah, the salsa was delicious. Like, she makes you feel like you're in a Mexican restaurant. You get back with tequila. She, put, she puts you some tortilla chips in the salsa, and it's game over, Miracle Arranger for Cole. Get yeah. some of that on your forehead. Cole likes Tongue's the salsa. Slap your brains out getting it off. He likes the salsa. Uh, I, do. I lo- listen. I'm I'm on a program. Pretty. Uh, can I just take a minute to tell him about the program? Hey, buddy, we're 40 minutes deep. You can take as long as you want on this show. Uh, it's our show. We can do whatever we want. How uh, long do we have, Scott, till we're in in, in, in Houston? Uh, one hour and 52 minutes until we are at the venue to join up with our little brother, Kevin Skurla. Little Kevy. Can you give me a honk? 
I'm gonna have you probably can't hear that horn because this is no, a beta he, 58. No, Cole's microphone. gonna say right now. Cole's gonna say add gonna add, No, I'm not editing it. Come on, well, add I'm not in the editing horns. it. There ain't no time to add in the horns, y'all. We ain't been doing good on on on. Uh, we had to skip a couple. Well, that's Matt, why we're recording it now on the road. I guess Matt ain't gonna. I ain't putting it in there. Okay, I ain't doing it. Well, I guess Matt's not going to. You're just gonna have to imagine what a Chrysler Pacifica van horn sounds like, friends. There's a cop up there, Scott. Oh, maybe there's not. Was that a cop? She just a guy sitting in the middle of the road, okay. y'all. Give me, give. Me. Oh, oh, Cole's googling it right now. I ain't googling nothing. Mind your own business. Oh, hey, mind your own business. give me the horn, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> she. <laughs> 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 okay. Our anyway. dad loved those old Model T horns. Ooga. Uh I'm I'm on a program right now. So when I was talking about the tortilla chips and the salsa, Cole's hungry. I'm tell him why you're tell him why you're thinking about that. Well, I'm thinking where about you going. Well, I'm well right now. I'm hungry because I've I've had a low calorie. I'm on a low fat, low sugar, low calorie. Low thing, food. Been, low food. I've been at the gym uh, because I I am a uh, extremist, and I will either. Eat a eat an entire pizza to myself, or I'll eat 900 calories a day and go jog two miles and work out. So right now, I've spent too much time uh, eating a whole pizza to myself. So I'm I'm back on I'm back on track, and uh, I'm impressed because you haven't had one slice of gas station pizza since we've been on the road. When's the last time you saw that happen? It's been, uh, well, it's been weeks. Well, it's been the last I think the last road trip. No, when's the last time you saw me go on a trip without eating pizza? The last road trip. <laughs> the last yeah, road trip. I don't trip. ever go. Cole's addicted to the gas station. Never a gas station and go in and come out without a slice of gas station. Well, because all the pizza's different. At the Cole gas wants to try it all. The but there ain't been no pizza. The ranches are different. There has not been any pizza any better than what we had in New York City. Oh, uh, that was great pizza. That was excellent pizza. But the birthday the birthday party pizza at Wyatt's, Jet, Jet's, pizza, Jet's Pizza. I like Jet's Pizza. <laughs> Jet's Pizza's great, uh, too. And you know what? I like Little Caesars. I'm not going to – there's a lot of people that say Little Caesars uh, – Ain't no good. That they talk down on it. But let me it's tell good. you right now, Little Caesars, you get Sir more pizza. bang for your Dude. buck at Little Caesars than you're going to get anywhere. That's and I'm going to go ahead and – I'm going to knock that down, argue with me, sue me, send a letter to me. And, yeah. and and I'll debate it with you. But they're not you're not gonna the extra most bestest, come on. Thank you, Kelly Bishop, for getting us addicted to that. If you tell me that Little Caesars ain't good, you're lying to yourself because you want to look good. Like you're in a different bracket than than the people that are eating five dollars. It don't pizza. matter. Listen here, Donald Trump, he likes eating McDonald's food. It don't matter what tax bracket you're in. If it's good, it's good. I bet Bill Gates is probably like He's eating a cheeseburger he's, he before ate somewhere. He's, you know I what? He's probably he, ate Little Caesars. Actually I think Bill Gates' first job was he was a flipping cheeseburger guy. Because I've heard him say, back in my day when I had my job flipping cheeseburgers, it wasn't a, it, it wasn't a job; it was an opportunity. <laughs> and, and you know what? That guy now he owns Microsoft. So yeah, he or, has he has billions of dollars. I don't even know if he owns Microsoft. We have gotten anymore. way off topic here. We need to get back on topic because y'all, my computer it's dying, and there ain't no AC adapter in this car. Oh, okay, well, I'll, uh, okay, we were on Scott's reputation. Yeah, and so throughout Scott's reputation, he hollered at a good friend of his. Joey Gonzalez. Joey G. Joey G. Yeah. And he said, hey, Joey. He said, hey, Joey, I got some cousins. You remember them. Joey did remember us. Because he would kind of babysit us at Scott <laughs> shows when we were like eight or nine years old. Joey was Scott and Aaron Benward's road manager back in the Blue County days. Yeah. 
Uh, and so Joey G VIP. Yeah, Joey G was working over with Justin Moore. He was a, a manager for Justin. And so through that, Scott said, hey, I want you to come out and see these guys. And at the show that we were talking about with Leslie and, uh, and Scott, uh, our very first Nashville showcase, Joey G came out and they brought Pete out. And Pete is he's uh, Justin's manager. And for a short period of time, there was a little co-management venture with Pete and Joey and all of us. And that led us to getting on the uh, on the Justin Moore tour. And so that was yeah that was amazing. That that was the very first time Cole and I had ever played for anything like that. That was how many people was it? Thousands, thousands of people. I mean, and, and it was that, an arena. That actually led to you guys getting your first real set of in ear monitors. Monitors. Yeah. That we're using right now thanks Where's to Jerry Harvey Audio. Yeah. Uh, J.H. Audio. J.H. Audio out of Nashville. We went and got the whole molds done. And let me, I, I got to go down a rabbit hole real quick on this on this first show. Uh, we opened uh, for Justin Moore at the Pensacola Bay, Pensacola Bay Center in April of last year. And loading, loading your gear in the back of the hub in Pahrump, Nevada, it's at uh, it, capacity. Forty-five? I, no, it's at yeah, capacity. It was like seventy-nine, but I think that's because the fire department liked coming down there and partying. Yeah, I would say that's that. You're packing them in there at seventy-nine. Maybe man, we had packed. we had eighty people in there. Uh, yeah, you count the pool room. Yeah, uh, but count the pool room. Loading down. I played there every Saturday night for fifteen months, and Matt would play Friday nights. Yeah. And before we were the Reeves brothers. Before we were the Reeves brothers. I had a rockabilly gig there on the Friday. We were always the Reeves brothers. Before we were, you know, a unit in, in a band together. We were always brothers. We, you know, we couldn't we couldn't get away from that. Uh, that's, you know, thank mom and dad for that. Yeah. Uh, but there was a little hall that you walked in through their back door to carry your gear in. And when we pulled up to that Pensacola Bay Center... There was a massive door up with semi-trucks inside of a building. I'm telling you right now that the hub, you couldn't have fit this, the and cab. The, and, friends, that ain't been that long ago. Like, we were still playing the hub in 2019. Yeah, and we're dealing That's with – That's been four years ago, and we just rolled up into a uh, – into, I don't know, it set like 10,000 people. Yeah. Nine or 10,000 people in an arena. There's semi-trucks – that's plural trucks and buses and plural. buses parked in this in this building i'm like and and, it, and it's not taking up any space nope. and that's when i looked at scott i said i'll tell you what show, loading into a bar and loading into an arena are two different things and that wasn't crazy to me i walked to the very top of the arena which was a long ways up bleachers and bleachers and bleachers up to the top of this arena and i just looked down i thought whoa i wish my mama could see this that was pretty crazy and then we had our own dressing room justin moore's crew had a had a sign made that said the reeves brothers dressing room country on it tour the country on it tour. well we ended up getting booked on the whole tour with them we got booked on i think 15 dates of about uh 80 date tour so we got uh 
That was our first national tour that we were like an official part of. Yeah, we were actually a part of it. We weren't like yeah. the local opener. We were uh, on multiple multitudes we of were, dates. We were a part of the tour. We were on the the tour poster. Yeah, and that was really cool. And uh, and that was kind of then at, after that, Scott and I started talking, and it, it was time to make a move. Yeah, uh, in a big way, and Scott. And his wonderful wife, our cousin Missy, uh, got together and talked, and they said, "If we buy an airstream, would you boys want to go?" Asked if we would go with Scott to pick it up and make an area on their property that we could stay in to make it feasible for us to, and affordable to come to Nashville and live and live to where we could pay minimal rent and and be there. To continue uh, humping and getting it. Yeah, to continue playing. And I don't want to say chasing the dream because the dream ain't running from us. Uh, but to keep pursuing the dream. And uh, and that's what we did. So now we're in Nashville. We are in now Nashville. We've, we've got ourselves to Nashville. We got ourselves to Nashville. And ladies and gentlemen, currently we are going down the road at 75 miles an hour getting ready to now go on our second national tour. We've already been on dates. Welcome to Texas. We're in Texas. Drive friendly the Texas oh, way. We'll, Hell yeah. Folks, we're doing and this I podcast die. from Texas if Scott doesn't roll this minivan. Don't roll the minivan, Scotty. Uh, we're out right now with Craig Morgan. So we're out with Captain Captain Morgan. Craig Morgan. And there's a lot of cool stuff happening with the captain. Well, I want to tell you what, Craig has a heart of gold, and he's one of the best people you could ever be out on tour with. We his, have had so much fun out on tour with Craig Morgan. Well, his, that, in, his entire, entire camp. Yeah. Phil Billy. Phil Billy is literally the salt of the earth, ladies and gentlemen. Ever, we thought Phil Billy was going to be this crazy, nut job, redneck dude by the sound of all these stories, and he is the most kind-hearted man I've ever met, I think, in my whole life. I love, oh. I love, I love Phil Billy, y'all. Phil Billy is incredible. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, Ron. And, uh, I Ron. mean, we got Ron, Ron the sound man. Ron, Ron keeps it. Yeah, Ron is amazing. Their sound guy, he is phenomenal. He's a rock star. Adam, Adam, their guitar oh, tech oh, always the guitar takes tech. care of us. And the first, I want to, and and I'm gonna finish thanking everybody, then tell a story. Then Marshall. Of it front of house. Oh, Marshall's amazing too. Jerry, they Russ. all are amazing. Jerry, I mean, Russ, everybody out there is. Well, the whole band is really nice. I've every, got a lot of after every Russ. show, we always uh, have an open invitation to go up on the bus and hang out. And, and in fact, Scotty last time uh, got close with Craig. You know, he got he got headlocked and put in a chokehold by him. Yeah. You, you want to talk about that? I almost got choked out. Yeah, you Appar- asked for it though. I did ask for it. No, you didn't I didn't want to I do it to you. It. Uh, apparently, it was like a, a rite of passage <laughs> on their uh, on their tour bus over the years. You know, and Craig is he's he's a beast. I mean, he's he's a military guy. And uh, Craig and Scott didn't want to like put knives to their to the palms of their hands and and become blood brothers. So yeah. so well, Scott's said, just like choke me. Yeah, I said, well, you know what, choke, choke me. me out, buddy. I said, I want to see, I, I want to know what that feels like. He's like, no, 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 I can't do that to you, man. Uh, no, choke me out. So I, I, I got, I, you know, scooted up, turned. You around. submitted yourself I, to I Craig scooted Morgan. Right up back at, back into him, <laughs> kind of in a spooning position, and um, 
And what'd he uh, do? I opened my neck. I mean, I, I what'd I, he do? I looked straight up in the sky. I said, "There it is." There's what'd my, he do? My neck, man. He put his arm around me. Oh yeah, around he my, He got me in that in that chokehold. Oh. And, but the thing was, I've been, I've <laughs> grappled and and wrestled around before, uh, with buddies and with uh, my son, and but <laughs> I've never. But felt, never with an army ranger. No, I've never <laughs> felt any. Oh. I knew immediately I was in trouble. I said, "Oh, oh dear lord. Oh, there's no, you know, because I thought I was going to be." All uh, you know, I thought it was going to be pretty easy to kind of put my chin down and. Buddy, get this ain't the days of you and Billy. I was going to try to impress Craig with like, yeah, you 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 tried, buddy, but it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Good try, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> so the second he got me in that in that chokehold, I said, "Oh, oh no!" I said, "If he if he applies any more pressure, I am going to go." I so I tapped out. I said, and and he he. He kind of felt bad too, but He's the like, whole the, everybody was there. The whole band was oh, on that bus was watching, watching, yeah, and then we were all amused. So uh, yeah, but then so, but then you asked him to do it. He said, "Do it again." I said, "You know what? Do it again, man." I said, "I want to give you." A, so he he did it again, and and uh, I mean, I almost he almost put me out. You truly did, y'all. Until I, I I started tapping him on. His arm. Scott went Roberto to ran no moss and no moss no moss uh. uh that was, but the bus experience, the bus life is crazy, and we're going to do a, some podcasts from our bus when we have a friend that has a bus that's going to take us out on this next Craig Morgan yep. run. Brother and Mike. We got a podcast coming from Craig that we're going to be doing soon, and we're going to get Craig to tell you about this whole choke out deal and a bunch of cool road stories, too. Uh, we've been around him long enough now where we're getting to find out some of Craig's crazy road stories, and I want him to tell stuff. That he ain't talking about in his book. Yeah, I w- like people need to know about the dirt bike story. Oh, the dirt bike story uh, is people amazing. People need to know about the chokeout story. Uh, about the old woman that that, that 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 about being on the gurney while he was singing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, a woman actually, I think, passed away while uh, literally while it, he was on stage. It, like when he first got started at a Walmart, like yeah. weird signing deal at a Walmart. Don't tell him. Don't Billy tell him what did. Phil Billy said. So. Anyway, we should really get Phil Billy on there with Craig. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to do one with Phil Billy or a Phil Billy own episode too. And, yeah. and Scott's going to have his own episode because Scott isn't just the Reese Brothers manager. Scott is a uh, is a p- massive public figure with a lot of awesome stories. Uh, we from, haven't from deep dove into Scott's and, stuff. Yeah, no, which we are going to do that uh, when we have time to sit. Well, Scott's around a lot. So we've got... Uh, we just live 50 feet from them. Yeah. So we're going to get together with Scott and do a full-blown podcast yeah. and uh, and talk about that. So, but anyway, that's pretty much... That, is that was how our we journey. got to Nashville. That's our journey. Y'all. We're in Nashville now, y'all. And, uh, and it has been a blessing. We've been probably the most fortunate people on planet Earth to move to Nashville and get to do the things and see the things that we've gotten to do. Uh, since we've been with Scott, we, we've moved to Nashville. We've written with... Literally a some handful. of the massive, biggest songwriters that people in Nashville moved there 40 years ago trying to write with guys like that and are still trying to, and we've just been so fortunate to be able to do to, to do that. We've got to go to England. We, uh, we've we went to England. Yeah, we've, we've gone to England. We've opened up a national tour. We sure have. Uh, we're on our second national oh, tour right now, and, uh, and I don't say it bragging i say no. it, very thankful and very blessed and we've fortunate. been fortunate y'all uh so and we want to thank you guys for for staying around on the journey because you guys have ridden out a lot of storms with us and been our shelter through a lot of them too so yeah 
Thank you guys for being a part of the journey. We're going to have another podcast. We will keep up with it this time, and we will have another one on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, We're going to have another one on Wednesday. I want to – can I – before I get out – before we get out. Hold on. Hold on. Before you do this, I want to tell you all one more time, uh, if you all are enjoying the show, make sure to go drop a review on the thing because it helps us out so, so, so much. Uh, Share it with your friends. Uh, Follow us on Patreon. I believe it's patreon.com, the Reeves Brothers. Uh, We're going to start doing some more stuff over there uh, for you guys. And now, Cole, tell them what you got to say. Do you know know who has over 20 years of experience? Oh, I do. I do. It's it's our buddies down in Bentonville, Arkansas at Tough Coat. Yeah. Uh It's the only reason this show is possible. It's the only reason this show is possible. If it wasn't for them, this show, Vamoose. Dig the hole. Put it in the ground. Bury it. Nada. It's dead. So go over there. If you guys can, I mean, just one time, go get your truck. <laughs> Please, go get, go, the get whole, a bed go get the whole damn thing just tough-coated. Yeah. And say, the Reeves brothers sent me. Yeah, they will tough-coat your entire vehicle. Oh, they'll tough-coat your whole body. If I've you, seen that, If Jeff you were feeling it. flabby, just say, Jeff, run my whole body through a tough-coating process. Um, He'll dunk you in an ice bath and tough-coat you. I mean, Jeff Coat, he, he makes Jeff America Coat. Say, Jeff Goat. Cole That's just said needed. Jeff Goat. I think I've said that before <laughs> yeah. on this show, and I and I made note one other show that should be his business, a new one, a new he one. He should Jeff start Coat. one somewhere else called Jeff Coat. Maybe in Nashville. Uh, maybe Jeff in Nashville. Come Jeff, Nashville. come to Nashville. Uh, anyways, for real, on a serious note, Jeff Co- uh, Jeff Hope <laughs> is Jeff one Coat. of the best people that you could ever meet, and he's done more for us than most people do for their family, and and he's just become he's become family to us. He's uh, we supported Jeff. the show. He supported us in in numerous ways, and and we want to thank him, and we want to thank Tough Coat because they do have twenty years of experience with spray in bed liners. They do custom tumbler cups, and they do waterproofing. So if you guys are in the Northwest Arkansas area and you're needing anything like that done, go visit toughcoatbentonville.com. That's T U F F C O A T Bentonville.com. Or call 479-715-6039 and schedule your appointment. And make sure to tell Jeff that the Reese Brothers sent you and that we love him. Y'all, thank you for listening today. We love each and every one of you. Thank you for supporting the Reeves Brothers. And uh, keep coming back for more, y'all. We love you. What you going to say? Cue the outro. We're brothers of the road.